It's a mixed bag of injury news for the Green Bay Packers after Jair Alexander has a freak ankle injury, but Luke Musgrave looks like he's going to be full go. Plus, why the pass rush may just be the key to victory for both teams on Sunday, a game that has major legacy implications for these two coaches. We dig into all of that as we get set for Super Wild Card Weekend on Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's Friday edition of Locked On Packers brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Last minute tickets, the lowest price is guaranteed. Use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. The injury report not out as we record this here ahead of the Friday practice. But there was a little bit of a scare Thursday. Jair Alexander didn't play. We heard, or practice, we heard from Matt LaFleur that that was a freak accident that happened in a jog through on Wednesday. So, you know, you can get hurt when you play your guys in, in week 18 like the Lions did with Sam Laporta. It looks like he has a chance to go this weekend, but you never know because guys can just get hurt. A freak thing in practice, you step on someone's foot, you turn your ankle, and now you got a problem. Now, we don't know just how big a problem Joe Barry downplayed. Uh, the, the injury said, you know, look, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll come in here tomorrow and, and be good to go. He also said that six weeks ago or seven weeks ago, whenever, when he was like, yeah, I think Jaw's making progress. And it turned out, no, he wasn't. <laughs> He's not going to be back anytime soon. Um, so that, that part of it, when you have a dynamic passing game, is not ideal. One one little um, stylistic schematic thing I do want to throw in here, though. Um, this is from Graham Barfield at Fantasy Points Data. In six starts by Jerry Alexander, the Packers have used cover three on 46% of their opponent pass plays. In terms of the the coverage, that, that is the plurality of coverage um, that they've used. So that they've used the most cover three of any coverage but it's not the majority of snaps. Does that make sense? So like 54%, but that's cover four, that's cover one, that's cover two. So this is the important one. CeeDee Lamb, yards per route run against cover three is 2.88. That's a That would be a good receiver number generally. Um, a fine receiver number generally. But against man coverage, CeeDee Lamb is 4.42 yards per route run. Almost, almost twice as good. So, like, that is the difference between playing man versus the Cowboys and playing cover three. Not just zone, but cover three. And the reason the cover three part of this is important, to me anyway, 
is they don't want to push the ball vertically. So the Packers two shell is designed to keep everything in front. Well, that's where the Cowboys want to throw the ball from zero to 15. They're not attacking single high safeties the way like Aaron Rodgers in his prime where you could not play single high or he was throwing it over your head. Just that, that, that is not a thing that was happening. So, by the way, just for your perspective, 2.88 is the same as Mike Evans' yard per route run against man coverage this year. So, against man. That's still a really good number. He's still very good. But he's much, much less effective against zone than man coverage. And part of the reason, CeeDee Lamb, and part of the reason is the Cowboys just don't push the ball down the field. And so if you can clog the middle, that creates opportunities for you. Here's the problem. The Packers do a really bad job clogging the middle of the field. This was from Mina Kimes on, on her pod. The Packers last in EPA per play on throws to the middle of the field, 0.5. That would be like the greatest quarterback season ever. Like Rodgers is, is in the high 0.3s, high 0.2s in his MVP seasons. 0.5 EPA per play is preposterous. They're also last in QBR on throws to the middle of the field. Last in yards per attempt. Defending slants. It's a problem. Now, you play a little bit more cover three, press on the outside. You play a little bit more man coverage, press on the outside. Throw in some cover two, where you've got squat corners on the outside and you can disrupt the timing a little bit. There are some things that the Packers can do. They have not been um, attacked in the middle of the field as much lately. But there is one way that they can combat this. We're going to talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show. But not having Jerry Alexander would be, of course, catastrophic to your defense. He is your defensive plan on CeeDee Lamb. Luke Musgrave explained flat out, yeah, last week was was essentially a ramp-up game for him. So he's good to go. He's like, I took a couple hits. He took a catch. He was like, that was important for me. And now, like whether or not he's going to get the starting job, I don't know. But the Cowboys, 24th in DVOA on throws to the middle of the field. So they, they have a similar issue to Green Bay. This is a good defense overall, but the middle, the spine of the defense is where you can attack them. You can run it up the middle. I went back and watched that 49ers game. Runs up the middle, throws in the middle off play action in particular. They gashed the Cowboys doing that stuff. That is all stuff that Green Bay is really good at. And the tight end is a big part of that. So teams throwing to the tight end this season against Dallas that have tried to throw to the tight end have not had any problems. When they've wanted to throw it to the tight end, they have. Dallas Goddard, 7 of 8 on targets, 80 yards. Dallas Kittle, Dallas Kittle. George Kittle, 3 of 4 for 67 and 3 tuds, to quote Matt LaFleur. Durham Smythe, 5 of 5 for 56. Tyler Conklin, 5 of 6 for 60. Noah Fant, 3 of 4 for 43. Tyler Higby, 5 of 7 for 43 and a tud. Hunter Henry, 4 of 5 for 51. Teams have been able to throw to the tight ends when they've wanted to against Dallas because their strength is in two places. Up front and in the secondary. The linebackers and the safeties are not high-level players. That is where you attack this team, and that is where Jordan Love has been destroying teams this year. You run dagger, you run those wrap-ins, you run those vertical RPOs, 
that is where he is beating teams up. Even some of these, if you're going to run cover two, they're running these missile routes and just making your putting your middle linebacker in hell. Basically sending two guys at that guy and, and you don't have enough curl defenders to handle that. So the Packers have answers for this Cowboys defense. And I think Luke Musgrave, his speed, his size, that combination is a huge part of it, especially because Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball in this game. They started, remember last year in that Cowboys game, they started with seven straight runs to open that game. I thought a little conservative, frankly, to open that game, but it worked. Aaron Jones busted their ass in that game and he's been the most productive running back in the league over the last three weeks. Christian McCaffrey busted Dallas's ass. We saw uh, James Cook earlier this season bust. Okay, you get the picture, right? I don't have to keep doing this bit. And frankly, the Eagles could have been more successful in both games had they stuck to the run a little bit more. Their defense was getting gashed. Last thing I want to say here, because it's just an interesting stat that I found as I was digging through all this stuff. No seven has ever beat a two. Okay, but the the two seven has happened like, what, six games total, three years? The Packers, according to DVOA, a stat you know I believe in, they are the best non-division winner in the NFC. In fact, they are the fourth best team in the NFC, according to DVOA. They are ahead of the Eagles. Right now, they have a better offense and defense by DVOA than the Eagles. But ahead of the Rams, ahead of the Bucks, who won their division and who beat the crap out of the Packers, obviously, but over the course of the season, the Packers were the better team. And I would say over the last nine games, certainly the Packers were the better team. The Packers have an elite offense. The top four teams in this conference all have elite offenses. So yes, 2-7, it has not generally gone well for the 7C, but the Packers are not a soft 7, 13th overall in DVOA, in the NFL. This is an above average football team. And the beauty of one and done is you don't have to be the better team over the course of the year. You just have to be the better team once. And we know this because how many times have the Packers been the favorites and lost? Well, the answer is the last at least two times they've been in the playoffs. That's been the case. They were favored against the Bucks. They were favored against the 49ers at home. And lost. And against the Cowboys, the Packers have gone into Dallas in the playoffs as underdogs and won before. It can be done. And we're going to talk about, I think now that I've the dust has settled, I think this is the key to everything. We're going to talk about it in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets should not be a pain, but... Man, it is usually a pain, but game time makes it easy. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. You don't want to get gouged because you decide last minute, oh, I want to go to the Bucks game. Oh, I want to go to the Packers game. You don't have many more opportunities to do that, but game time can get you in. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats. For big time savings and game time guarantees means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app today and create an account 
And Locked On, because you're a Locked On listener, you can get $20 off your first purchase. $20, that's not nothing. That'll pay for parking. Well, depending on the venue, but that'll help. I'll pay for a two beer, a beer and a half. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off game time. Last minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 24-7 streaming channel. So when we talked about the keys to victory yesterday with, with uh, Marcus Mosher, I mentioned turnovers. Dak Prescott has a turnover in five straight games heading into the playoffs. Three interceptions, three fumbles over that time. Packers intercepted him twice last year. The game plan was not perfect, but they did get two picks, including one in the end zone that essentially cost the Cowboys the game. And while I believe that to still be true, the turnovers, you, that you have to get turnovers in order to win. The way you are going to win the turnover battle is in the trenches. We talked yesterday about the disparity in sacks, that the Packers are actually a better adjusted sack team than the Cowboys on both sides of the ball. They are better at avoiding sacks and they are better at getting sacks. Than the Cowboys. The second one I think is pretty surprising. Except when you look at quick pressure, the Cowboys like lap the field in quick pressure rate. We're talking about almost 40% in terms of pressure rate. Quick is quick. That that's <laughs> that's really good. But they're just an okay team. Not allowing quick pressure, middle of the pack. Well, the Packers mirror that. They are the best team in the NFL at avoiding quick pressure. And just an okay team, middle of the pack, in creating quick pressure. So that means a couple things. If that holds, then... It's strength versus strength and mid versus mid. But here's where I think the Packers can say, well, but we can play above this level. Whereas the Cowboys, they like they can't really play much better pressuring the quarterback. They're the best in the league. And the Packers offensive line can't really play much better. Now, they can play worse. Both, both of those units could certainly play worse. But this has been, from a schematic standpoint and from a, a protection standpoint, the two elite teams, there's actually four elite teams in terms of quick pressure. On offense, it's the Packers and the Chiefs. And on defense, it's the Browns and the Cowboys. But then you have mid versus mid, right? The Cowboys just okay avoiding quick pressure. The Packers just okay creating it. But the last few weeks and in the games that the Packers have won against the best offenses they have faced, the Chiefs game, the Lions game in particular. The pass rush has been the difference for this defense. Against the Lions, it was forcing three fumbles on sack fumbles on Jared Goff, who doesn't take a ton of fumbles, does not take a lot of sacks. That's a really, 
really good offensive line, a materially better offensive line than the Lions. It was situational sacks against the Kansas City Chiefs, red zone sacks that did not allow them to turn red zone opportunities into touchdowns. That is a much better team, Kansas City, at avoiding quick pressure, at avoiding sacks generally. That's the least sack team in the league in the Packers pass rush was able to get home. And then you look at the last two games. The Minnesota offensive line, materially better by Dallas. Like materially better, much better. Not much better, but materially better. The Packers beat the crap out of that group. Preston Smith turned back the clock. And then I understand Justin Fields being what he is. There were plays It was not about Justin Fields. All three sacks from the interior last week came on pure wins. Carl Brooks just whipping an interior offensive lineman. Devontae Wyatt just destroying an interior offensive lineman. Kenny Clark on a game getting free. And it's Justin Fields hits his back foot and here comes Kenny Clark bearing down on him. It's like you don't even have the chance to get the ball out in that situation. That's not Justin Fields holding the ball. It's just him winning. And Lucas Van Ness, same kind of thing. Now that was Justin Fields. Got to the top of his drop, wanted to get the ball out, couldn't. But then it was like, okay, pat, you know, pat the ball. And Lucas Van Ness is there. Rashawn Gary, who did not get a sack, a full sack, although he had the the TFL in the backfield on a quarterback run, which is sort of like, "Eh, is that a sack? Cleaned up another one. But he's been consistently impactful, and it's going to be Gary against Terrence Steele all day. So remember those middle-of-the-field stats we were talking about? The the way that you mitigate the the middle-of-the-field success, because it's got to be clean. If you're going to throw it to the middle of the field, it's got to be clean is you create quick pressure. You win cold and you win on the inside. It is really hard to throw to the middle of the field when you have to navigate interior pressure. And this interior defensive line group is playing their butts off. They are beating dudes up. Now this is Tyler Smith and Zach Barton, probably the best one-two punch of guards in the National Football League. Sorry to go full Adam Schefter on you. It probably is. But if you can create miscommunication, it's not just one-on-ones. Tyron Smith is Tyron Smith. going to go to the Hall of Fame. Tyron Steele is the weak link. It is, I wouldn't say it's easy, but you can manage the one weak link. That being said, offensive line is a weak link system. So if you have one weak link, it can be exploited. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark on the same side. And, you know, T.E. Stunt, you're going to see Quay Walker lined up in the A-gap. Okay, one-on-ones all day. Simulated pressures. Bringing five. Playing press behind, whether it's man coverage or zone. The pressure is the only way the Packers are, are probably going to stop the, the Cowboys from throwing on them in the middle of the field. So you have to create it. The flip side of that is the pressure is the only way that the Cowboys are going to get st- any stops on Green Bay too. This offense in the second half of the season, we went over the numbers the other day, 
top five offense in basically every category the second half. They're playing unbelievable football and their offense is built to avoid quick pressure because they only take deep shots off play action. And it's usually play action on on three-man or even two-man routes. So that allows you to get into heavy protections. So it's like, okay, you want to you have Micah Parsons against Aiden Hutchinson on Thanksgiving. The Packers put two tight ends over on Aiden Hutchinson's side and said, just make this guy's life hell. Now it's a little harder. Micah Parsons is more dynamic. He is a slithery pass rusher. He's, he's more, you know, he can, he can win in tighter quarters. Aiden Hutchinson has athletic ability. He's got, he's got this spin move that he's put together. He's more a traditional pass rusher. Micah Parsons is an absolute freak of nature, but so Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave for their size also like that. And when you have two, you know, against a guy with a two-way go, that gives you a little bit better odds because you got to beat two guys, even if they're not as good as say, you know, Zach Tom. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Zach Tom to just have Micah Parsons one-on-one too. But then that ball's got to be out. And then if you're Jordan Love, he's done a lot this second half of the season. Quick game, one, two, three, not there. One, two, reset and throw. Can you get into that reset and throw part of the progression? Because he's he's eaten up defenses doing that. One, two, three, first option not there. If Micah Parsons is in your lap after that first option is not there, makes it really hard to get to that second one. And Jordan Love, 31st in EPA per play on scrambles. He's outside the pocket, is not beating teams consistently with his arm. Now, part of that is he's he's had um, the fumble. That's a big one. Has had some some drops outside the pocket on what could have been big plays. So that's that's part of it. Um, I, I think eventually he will get there as a a rollout passer. He'll never be Aaron Rodgers, and that's okay. But this all comes down to if the offense, if if Jordan Love can go one two three reset one two and get the ball out. They're going to move the ball and they're going to score. And if Dak Prescott can go one, two, three, reset one, two, and get the ball out, they're going to score a bunch. So whichever team plays above their normal pace there, or another way is whatever team plays below their normal pace. For example, if the Packers protection falls apart or the Cowboys protection falls apart or their pass rush just gets totally absorbed, the Packers were able to just handle Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're just able to handle Aiden Hutchinson. That second time around, the first time around, they couldn't block anybody. That makes things a lot easier. Can they do that? The Cowboys have more guys to throw at you, but that interior is not, not going to kill you pass rush-wise. So to me, this is the game. If you want to create turnovers, you have to create sacks and you have to create sack fumbles. Dak Prescott will... He'll do that. Now he'll, He's used his legs in the playoffs a little bit more traditionally, but has not been great scrambling this year. So we'll see which team can play to their normal and which team plays either above or below. I think the, the best option, the most likely option, is that this Packers pass rush, which we have seen, been taking over games lately and against the best offenses they played have taken over games. 
they're the ones that are the most likely to say, yeah, on the year we're just mid, but we know we have the ability to take over this game and we've seen them do it. That to me is the place where if you're going to see that difference, that's the most likely place for that difference to take place. We are going to talk about what's on the line for these coaches and their legacy when we come back here on Locked on Packers. I want you to be prepared. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's just talk about preparedness for a second because pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the time when everyone is getting sick. That is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my three and a half year old son or my eight month old got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the essential medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace Pack is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, that's a rough one, skin infections, and many others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been easier to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. And Locked On Packers, thank you so much for making it your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The last thing I want to talk about here is legacy. And I wrote about this for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And... The crux of it was that Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur understand the position that the other is in. Not just because Mike McCarthy coached the Green Bay Packers and and went through the meat grinder there, good and bad. But he's coached a young team that's overperforming with this quarterback who's exceeding all expectations, following a legend, and whose defense is letting him down. (laughs) That is the story of Aaron Rodgers early in his career and Mike McCarthy, of course, too. And that has been the story now with Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. But the flip side of that is Mike McCarthy is now in the position that Matt LaFleur started his Green Bay career in and the one that Mike McCarthy ended his Green Bay career in, and that is facing the pressure of playoff failures, of constantly getting to the big moment and not coming through. And Mike McCarthy carried his Packer playoff failures with him to Dallas. Since 2010, failure was all he had. 2014 NFC Championship game, the 2016 embarrassment in the championship game. And of course, the 2018 season that ultimately led to his dismissal. This is probably the last great opportunity for Mike McCarthy to win a Super Bowl. It's this Dallas Cowboys team because if they lose to Green Bay, Jerry Jones is going to be on the phone to Bill Belichick within minutes. Like he'll have Belichick on the plane in the fourth quarter just in case. 
this is Mike McCarthy's last real shot at it. Because if he fails and the Cowboys fire him, you're talking about having to go and, okay, it's Titans time. Like that's the kind of level of job that you're looking at. And you're just, what is your runway towards success there? How far are you from being a Super Bowl team? And are you going to be able to coach long enough to get there? Do you want to coach long enough to get there? It's not like he's, you know, Pete Carroll's age or Bill Belichick's age. But you can't be in this game forever. That puts an immense amount of pressure on the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak Prescott, you know, for whatever whatever shortcomings Aaron Rodgers had in the postseason late in his career, he had the title. We saw him at the highest level perform. And we saw him in plenty of other games where it was his defense that let him down, not his offense. It's still the, the, the top, by all the advanced metrics, the top playoff passer of his generation, ahead of Tom Brady. Do I think all of the data is in those numbers? No, but that's the truth. It was not, by and large, the fault of Aaron Rodgers that they did not perform better in a lot of the games that they lost, especially early in his tenure. Dak Prescott has an enormous amount on the line, and let's not forget about Jerry Jones. Now, Jerry Jones is not involved in the game, but Jerry Jones, his stature, his personality, I mean, it looms as large as the star at midfield on a stadium they call Jerry World. Mike McCarthy knows what the expectations are from him. They know what is at stake here. How many more years does Jerry have left? He probably thinks he can go forever, but I think he's also smart enough to know. He strikes me as the kind of guy who is smart enough to know this doesn't last forever. And he's treated every year going back to, you know, the 90s like it was his last. Let's spend the money. Let's do the thing. He's got to be getting impatient. That means all of the pressure right now is on the Dallas Cowboys. Was seven and a half points. Now it's seven. Money coming in on Green Bay. I frankly wish I had bet it when I had the hook. But Matt LaFleur on the other side of this is playing with house money. Something Mike McCarthy never really got to do. Because by the time he had Aaron Rodgers, they had already been 13-3 and with Brett Favre and then moved on in the most acrimonious and public divorce in sports history, maybe? At the time, certainly. The pressure on Aaron Rodgers was immense in a way that it was not on Jordan Love. Jordan Love was received with open arms from a lot of Packer fans, at least as a starting quarterback this year. At the time, of course, there were some issues. (laughs) And over the last couple of years, some fans who had some problems with the draft pick, but it was never, or at least rarely directed at Jordan Love. And I hope part of that is because Packer fans learned their lesson on that. But this is found money for Matt LaFleur. This is ahead of schedule stuff. So you can just go out and play free. Just go out and shock the world. And I said this in the piece that I would love for you to go read over on The Leap. That, you know, Mike Mike McCarthy has a street named after him in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur is on the kind of trajectory where he's going to get one too. And you win a game like this against the coach that you replaced to prove once and for all you were the right guy to replace Mike McCarthy. You can start picking out names, picking out streets, 
Do you want to be a boulevard? Do you want to be an avenue? Do you want to be a way? What exactly do you want to do here, Matt? Different kind of stakes, but stakes nonetheless. All right, we're going to be live after the game on Sunday. We're going to have a blast, win or lose, on YouTube. I promise you that. I promise you we will have a blast, win or lose. Bring your drinks, bring your friends, bring your mama. Let's go. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be on our YouTube page this Sunday after the game, go subscribe to our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.